Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 68 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to give you a sneak peek of an upcoming sermon I'm about to preach and talk about the relationship between husbands and wives and between Christ and the church. Let's dive in. Well, tonight I'm actually preaching. Today's June 6, 2018. And so if you have nothing else to do tonight, I encourage you to go to the show notes page for this episode and click the link that lets you watch the live stream of this conference. It's free. And I'll be preaching tonight if you're available. But I just want to give you a sneak peek of what I've been studying and just what God's been revealing to me. I've been so captivated and captured recently about this idea of the mystery of God's will, or you can perhaps say it as God's eternal purpose. I've been studying Ephesians for a long time now, and Paul just over and over uses this language of the mystery or God's eternal purpose. And, and you know, I've studied that out and I've looked at it, but somehow over the last couple of months, I've been, it's like I've seen a whole nother layer of depth and understanding to what Paul's been talking about. And it's just like I've been re-looking at the whole book of Ephesians and just I've been captivated by the reality of what he's talking about. And I'm just like, wow, God is so good. And the the depth of scripture is so phenomenal. It is so beyond. As we talked about last week, it is a, it is a superlative. I don't even know what words to use. It is so rich. Well, I've been looking at this passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 down to the end of the chapter. And I just want to read this to you, and I want to kind of give you a little hint at what I'm going to be speaking about. Paul writes, beginning at Ephesians 5, 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. 
for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I've heard this passage explained countless times of, all right, husbands, wives, here is how you're to participate. Uh, Here's how you're to interact. Here is how your marriage is supposed to work. Women, respect your husbands. Men, love your wives. And I've, of course, you know, heard that. And obviously there's great principles uh, in, in that passage. But what is fascinating to me is the fact that what Paul is actually talking about is not a relationship between a husband and a wife, though the principles are there and you can apply that to your marriage and I think you should. But what Paul is actually talking about in the passage is not a husband and a wife. He's talking about Christ and his bride. Now, it's interesting to me in verse 32, Paul is summarizing this whole husband and wife section. And he says this, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And Paul says, you need to understand that, that yes, husbands and wives respect and love each other. However, I'm talking specifically about Christ and his bride, the church. Do you realize, and we we use this language all the time, but do you recognize that the ecclesia, the church, is the bride of Christ? In fact, as you get into the book of Revelation, Revelation 21, 22, you're introduced to this bride and there's actually a wedding feast. And the bride has become the woman or the, the wife of Christ. Isn't that rich? <laughs> That's so wonderful to me that there's going to be a consummation in, in the eternities and, and, and what we are becoming as a corporate body, this corporate bride who, who is being purified and undefiled and he's washing us with the water of his word, that he is making us a pure and spotless bride. Why? Because he's going to marry us. Now, how that works, I have no idea. But I love this idea that Christ is so madly in love with his bride, the church, that he's going to marry her. Now, what's been so captivating to me is that when you turn back into Genesis chapter 1 and 2, all of this is foreshadowed. And again, Paul's saying, hey, there's this great mystery. And the mystery is that there's this bride that, that this groom is longing for and that this groom loves this woman. And this woman is, is to come under the authority of the man. Which, of course, early in Ephesians, Paul says, hey, Christ is the head and we are his body and and we are submissive to the head. But when you look at Genesis 1 and 2, this thing is foreshadowed. And it is really, it is so beautiful. And the depths of it, I don't think I've still, I mean, I haven't seen the fullness of this thing. It is so amazing. But let me just give give you a little hint. It's interesting that God is creating the universe and he's walking through the seven days of creation. And he gets to the sixth day and he, he makes man in his image. And of course, he rests on the seventh day. And it's interesting to me that back in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, this idea is foreshadowed. Think about this. Uh, God's creating. And as he's walking through the days of creation, he gets to day six. And on day six, he makes man in his own image. In the image of God, he created man. And then he rests on the seventh day and creation itself is completed. And yet, woman has yet to be created. And you know the story, God brings all the animals in front of Adam and has Adam name each of the animals. And as all the animals pass before Adam, he begins to realize that there is not a helpmate. There's not a helpmate. There's not a companion to be with. 
and he's longing. Oh, God, I need, I'm, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. I need someone. So get what God does. God puts Adam into a deep sleep. And in the midst of the deep sleep, God goes into the side of Adam and within the, from the side of Adam pulls out a rib and builds, that's the idea of the word in the Hebrew, builds this woman named Eve. Now think about this. Eve has come from the insides of Adam. Eve has the DNA of Adam. She looks like Adam, though she is different than Adam. When you read Genesis chapter 5, it says that this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them Adam in the day that they were created. Isn't it interesting that God says in Genesis chapter 5 that he made Adam in his likeness and then he created them male and female and called them Adam. That Eve's name seemingly prior to the fall they just called him Adam. That the way that God would talk to Adam and Eve, this counterpart, this two-in-one idea is, hey, Adam or mankind. I think that's beautiful because you begin to see that, that Eve came from the insides of Adam. In fact, she has his DNA. She even has his name. But take that and look at Jesus Christ. You realize that it's like the father looked at the son and said, son, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to seek after a counterpart. But you realize that there's no one on the same level as Jesus. Just as all the animals, all the species came before Adam and none of them were compatible with Adam, you realize that none of us are compatible with God. Why? Because we're fallen. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what did, what did God need to do? Oh, he needed to build and fashion this woman in the likeness of Jesus. So what did, what did the father do? He put the son into a deep sleep called death. And from the insides of him, from his side, he pulled out this woman who has Jesus's DNA, has his likeness, and is just like him, though different. Do you realize that when Jesus was on the cross, his side was opened up, the spear pierced his side, and what poured forth was blood and water? In essence, blood is the essence of life, according to Leviticus 17.11, that life is in the blood. So really what we have here is living water. But if you think about this, blood is this idea of purification and water is this idea of cleansing. And it is from the side of Jesus that we as the church were birthed and we have become a brand new creation or a species. Why? Because we've been pulled out of the insides of God himself. As Jesus was in this deep sleep called death, we came from the insides of him and we've been purified and we've been cleansed by the washing of the water and the blood. And now we are a brand new creation, says Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And we are now able to be a companion, a bride for the son. Wow, isn't that amazing? That is so majestic to me. And you realize that Eve was a new creation, that she was created and built after creation had ended. She is the brand new creation that, that was built and harnessed, not out of clay like the rest of creation or, or as Adam was, but she was built from the insides of the man that all along there was the woman inside the man. And just like that, we, the church, were inside of Christ. And were pulled out and fashioned and built. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians 2 
that we are being built as on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and Christ is the chief cornerstone, that he's building us up into this glorious building, which is really a bride, which is the church. Oh, isn't that amazing? And all this is a part of that grand mystery that Paul says, yes, I'm talking about husbands and wives, and yes, you should respect your husbands and love your wives. But more than that, I'm talking about this mystery. Well, what's the mystery? That there was this woman inside of the man and that God put the man into a deep sleep and pulled the woman out of the man. And now he's bringing forth this woman to be a counterpart for the son. And why? Man should not be alone. And here's the son who is alone. But hey, there's a day coming where there's going to be a wedding feast. And we are going to be united fully with Christ, that we are engaged to Jesus now. But whoa, the wedding's coming. The wedding is coming. What an exciting reality. Well, that's just a piece of the sermon I'm going to be preaching tonight at the conference. So I would invite you, if you have the opportunity, to watch along on the simulcast if you're able. But if not, I'll see if I can find the audio version if it's recorded and I'll try to post it for a future podcast. But regardless... No, I am so excited for all that God is doing in your life as he continues to fashion and purify you and cleanse you with the washing of his word as he shapes and forms you as the spotless bride of Christ. Not just you individually, but you as the corporate body of Christ that he is wooing unto himself. Oh, don't you love Jesus? Ah, he is so good. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. For the show notes of this episode, including a link to watch that simulcast, as well as just some details and other resources and articles, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 68 for episode number 68. And until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.